So open up your morning light and say a little prayer for I. You know that if we are to stay alive and see the peace in every eye. Creekers, welcome to another Down by the Creek mini-sode. I am Alvin Williams, and I once ate so many icebreaker sours that my tongue bled. Before we get into things, I just want to give a big shout-out to Alyssa Turtle. What you heard at the top, that golden angelic voice, that great time that that person was having, that was Creeker and friend of the pod, Alyssa Turtle, singing at the top of her lungs and giving the people what they asked for, which was listener submissions of Paula Cole's I Don't Want to Wait. She's the first one. She's the icebreaker. <laughs> no pun intended. Hopefully her tongue did not bleed from piping out those incredible notes. Thank you, Alyssa. I'm very appreciative of you taking the time out to sing that song with your whole ass heart, your whole ass voice. I loved every minute of it. And what I loved the most was how much fun she was having. Guys, that's the point. Have a good time. Get the microphones out. Pull up the YouTube karaoke videos and send in those submissions. But anyway, like I said, let's dive into things. Uh, I want to give a big thank you to Sierra Fath, my fiance and my wonderful guest from last week's episode, uh, episode six, Baby. Uh, that was a wild one. I think Dawson review continues to reveal his true colors. And if I ever wanted to take the time out with just six episodes of this show already, I have enough reel to cut together a terrifying trailer for the Cape Side Slasher movie. Also, shout out to another Creeker, Ariel, who actually used some kind of app or something. And she actually did make a trailer where Dawson is. It's like a horror. Dawson's Creek is a horror show, which was that was incredibly awesome. But he continues to offer more kindling to the fire. Every episode, he's doing something crazy. I mean, the way he was basking in this woman's potential death during her labor was absolutely terrifying. The smile on his face, the pure glee. He sends shivers down my spine with his every action. And he truly keeps me up at night thinking about what he's capable of, Dawson Leary. One other thing I'm incredibly excited about is uh, I was introduced to a new phrase. I want to give credit where credit is due. Uh, there's an awesome person on the Down by the Creek Instagram. I was introduced to a new term by a person whose Instagram name is K Halls. K Halls introduced me to the term Creek Logic because I was fixated last episode on the fact that I felt like I connected the dots and realized that. Bessie and Bodie just work at the ice house and they don't actually have any stake in the ice house because Bodie's out of town 
for a job interview. And just logically, I said I was thinking to myself, okay, if I had a, a wife and we owned a restaurant, why would I be looking for a job? And or if she just she owned the restaurant, why wouldn't I be using my culinary skills to focus on making her restaurant better? Why would I be looking for a restaurant somewhere else? So every which way that I, I ran the scenario through, I was like, they can't own it. If Bodie owned it and Bessie didn't own it, it was Bodie's restaurant. Why is he going to a, an interview out of town? None of it made sense. And what she told me was, Alvin, it's just Creek logic. So what I would like to do is introduce a new sound effect that I've made and created for whenever there's errors like that in the show. Creek logic. Whenever there's a mistake on this show, you will hear that sound effect, Creek logic. Yes, if, if it sounds familiar to you, it I did borrow the cadence of the hot pockets theme song i just felt like it was 90s it was throwback it was classic enough i feel like everybody that's a familiar tone it hits the hits the ears in a very familiar way and so i try i decided to co-opt it and use it for the creek logics jingle so whenever there's a creek logic situation for example mr ryan did he have a minor heart surgery is he dying is he even in the show anymore don't really understand it you know what creek logic that's right, folks. It's just Creek logic. So I think this will help me going forward to have my brain less shaken and fixating on these things that don't make sense. I can just chalk it up to Creek logic. So I think that will really help me going forward. Also, a little behind the I'm going to take you behind uh, the Wizard of Oz screen for a second and let you guys know that I've banked a couple of episodes. So I'm a little bit ahead. So you won't be hearing Creek logic for the next two episodes because they've already been recorded in the past and uh the, i didn't think of the thing i didn't think of the idea at the time so at some when when you hear that know that the timelines have uh converged and what you're hearing now has met up with whatever episode you're listening to in the future that w- that w- that will be the telltale sign that you know you've caught up to april of 2021 but anywho let's get to some reviews huh i need to i need a self-esteem boost the first review I'm going to read is from your girl. Shout out to your girl. I appreciate you. The title says obsessed. That's what I like to hear. Spreading that creek fever all over the world. <clears throat> this podcast is seriously the highlight of my week. Oh, thank you. I'm the only person I know who's watched Dawson's Creek. So listening to this podcast makes me feel seen. I'm glad you feel seen. I was the ripe old age of none when the first, oh God, that makes me feel so depressed. God, your girl, your girl, Jesus, I'll keep reading. I was the ripe old age of none when Dawson's Creek first hit the TV screens. So I'm truly getting 90s info straight from Alvin and his guests. God, am Am I old? Should I just go die somewhere? Jesus Christ. If you've ever thought there's something sus about 15-year-old white blonde boys who casually quote the scarlet letter to their mom and are sexually motivated by sweet angel Katie Couric, but also no talking about sex anymore, guys, sheesh, then you've got to listen to this podcast. Thank you so much, your girl. I'm glad to be your 90s shaman and your Dawson's Creek shaman and be able to give you some semblance of 90s information straight from the tap even though i myself was a youngin um i was not of dating age or 
love triangle age when Dawson's Creek first came out, but I was, a, I was at least existed. I wasn't a twinkle in my papa's eyes, but I'm glad to be your elder statesman and introduce you or help you walk through Dawson's Creek and any questions that you have. You got a home to ask them right here at down by the Creek email address, Creek talk 98 at gmail.com. If you have any questions, you got any crazy Middle school, high school, love triangle stories, anything embarrassing, you know, I don't know. I don't know what you Gen Zers are going through. Anyway, your girl, thank you so much. I'm so glad that you uh, enjoy the podcast and I hope you continue to listen. And as long as people are listening, I'll be doing it. That's why I'm here. The next review is from Daisy J. Shout out to you, Daisy J. Her title reads Dawson's Creek Superfan Approved. If you've never seen DC and you're curious or you're obsessed like me and want to watch someone else discover the magic of Capeside, this show is for you. Each episode is a scene-by-scene analysis of the music, dialogue, character development, fashion, and setting with the critical 2021 goggles that this show truly deserves. You'll laugh and probably groan at what the writers got away with in the 90s, but Alvin and his guest will be there with you. Yes, we will. We will be there with you every step of the way. And if there's anything that we miss, feel free to write in creektalk98 at gmail.com and let us know something that blew your mind when you watched it. Because I can't catch everything, guys. I'm trying my best. And there's a lot of stuff to catch in this crazy, crazy show. So if there's anything that I you feel like I didn't linger on or I might have missed that was a creek logic type of situation, feel free to email me. And we'll we'll clear it up right here on the mini sods. That's what these are for. As I've already stated, uh, Kay Hall let me know Bodie and Bessie do own the Ice House. That's incredible news to me. Maybe there's a piece of dialogue somewhere that I missed some exposition that was just like the rents do on Ice House. Maybe I missed that. But, you know, if, 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 a, if a seasoned creaker is letting me know that that's what it is, then that's what it is, because I don't know. I'm watching episode by episode. Anything that I'm guessing is based in very limited knowledge of what's what's to come. So, yeah, I really appreciate that uh, because what I really would like to get to more than anything is Alyssa Turtle not only sent in an incredible song, she sent in a very detailed and lengthy uh, love triangle email. Thank you, Alyssa. And I'm going to read that because I'm incredibly excited. Okay, here we go. Hello, Creakers. I feel the need to say, cause I'm a creek. I'm a weirdo. Anyway, I wanted to write in with my own karaoke version of I Don't Want to Wait. Hope it didn't make your ears bleed too bad. Funny story. When I was in high school, I went through a theater kid, Les Mis phase. I may or may not have been as obnoxious as Dawson. And my mom actually grounded me for singing. Because she was tired of hearing me sing on my own all day. But I thought I'd throw my cover in the ring as I've heard a lot of covers on the show so far, but not sure how many of them are from OG podcast listening creakers. Again, sorry for any hearing loss that may occur. Anyway, let me get to the point. The reason we're all here, my high school love triangle story. I'll change some names for anonymity's sake. Hope it's not too long, but I'm not good at being brief. Sorry in advance. So I was in, I think my junior year of high school. Might have been my sophomore year. I'm not sure. I spent three years pining over the same guy it all blends together. Anyways, I was on a dance team that was countywide. So there was only like maybe four of us that were actually from my high school. 
The other dozen or so were from other high schools, which I loved because my high school situation was weird. On this team was another 30 people I got to spend four hours every Saturday with and overnight retreats and out-of-state trips. Fun. Actually, I'm going to take that back. That doesn't sound fun. I used to hate leaving my home. I went to an overnight camp once, and I pretended to be sick and injured the entire time so I could just stay in the house, in the dorms, because it was a college campus, so I could just stay in the dorms and eat Domino's pizza because you could order Domino's pizza. And I didn't. It was a football uh, camp, by the way. Uh, I did not participate in any of the games, and I didn't play any of the sports or go to any of the practices. I told them I had a stinger in my shoulder, and I couldn't play. It was a three-day-long camp, and I did nothing for the three days except eat pizza. Anyway, back to Alyssa. It was great because I needed that extra social exposure. I developed a huge crush on one of the guys on the team. Let's call him Brandon. He was so cute to my little 15-year-old self. He was tall with a reddish blonde afro, the prettiest blue eyes, and like statuesque features. (laughs) My guy looked like handsome Squidward. Shout out to him. Shout out to Brandon. For reference, it wasn't just me that thought he was hot. Him and his twin sister both went on to become models. Okay, shout out to them. The thing was, he was super nice, too. He would always flirt with me and pick me up, like physically off the ground, whenever he saw me. And we would text all the time. I realize now he was using me for some Saturday entertainment, because while he would flirt with me at practice and at our retreats, he would be dating some tall, thin, blonde, blue-haired, blue-eyed girl, the opposite of me, being short, curvy, with Indian dark eyes and dark hair. And the worst part is, he would often hide it from me, and I would end up finding out from his sister, his exactly the same looking sister. That aside, this was before I knew he was scum, and I was full on with this crush. Well, every weekend, me and my three friends get to spend all this time together at practice, and on Monday morning, we would come into school and be talking about what happened and the cool kids in the dance team. Well, this one girl, we'll call her Mona, overheard. I always disliked Mona since freshman year when my best guy friend at the time, Daylon, told her that he liked me. And she told me in front of our entire drama class. She said, Alyssa, Daylon likes you. Do you like him? And I ended up dating Daylon for like two weeks because I didn't want to embarrass him. And it ended our entire friendship. Oh, my God. jeez, Mona. Also, it irked me that Mona felt like a more dramatic version of me. She highlighted all the parts of myself that I hated. She was also of Muslim descent, but she also was into emo culture. She was super outgoing, and she used to be a public self-harmer, which I think is the reason I really didn't like her, because I secretly had been self-harming from the time I was 10, and I kept, kept it to myself as a coping mechanism. For anyone wondering, I ended up getting help when I was 18, and although I still have relapses and scars, I'm doing a lot better with therapy and medication for my mental health. Shout out to you, Alyssa. I'm very happy for you taking care of yourself, and thank you very much for even sharing that within this email. Um, I assume it's okay to read because it's in here. If it's not, I'm really sorry. Anyway, back to the email. So, Mona, she overheard about the dance team, and she joined. I was furious. I was like, these are my peeps. How dare she? She had been on the dance team for about three weeks when Malix Pilsen, Jesus, Hogwarts? Malix, Malix Pilsen. When Malix Pilsen announced her Sweet 16 party, she was raised as a super proper Southern Belle. So it was a country club and everyone was so excited. I decided I was going to make my move and ask Brandon. I mentioned to my friend Holly at school 
how I was nervous and on the fence because I knew if I asked Brandon, he wouldn't really know anyone else at the party and I would be responsible for him the whole night. And that is one thing I I, I pride myself on this. I don't need to be um, made responsible for if you take me somewhere. So nobody needs to worry about taking me to some event where I'm just a wallflower and awkwardly standing around. Oh, you left me. No, you no. I left you. And now your whole family likes me more than they like you. That's me. Anyway, well, Mona overheard and said, you're so right. You shouldn't ask Brandon. And I was like, I don't know. I still might. I was super shy and easily walked all over. And she was like, so you're deaf not going to ask him, right? Because I think I'm going to ask him. And I was like, what? And internally thinking, I hate her. I hate her. I hate her. And she was like, cool. I'm going to text him after class. And I was devastated, but I felt like I couldn't compete with her. And I was like, what's even the point? He barely knows her. He'll probably say no. And I can hang with my girls regardless. Well, lo and behold, he said, yes, I was broken. After this, me and my friends got to calling Brandon Mr. Swift because I would sit in my car after school listening to Taylor Swift music with my friends and crying and pining over him. Me and my friends made a band a little after this, and I even wrote a depressing, gushy song about him that I called Mr. Swift. It was actually kind of pathetic, and I actually would really love if you sent it to me. I won't play it on the podcast, but please send that to me. I would love to hear the song, Mr. Swift. Oh, my God. It sounds amazing. But moving on. The night of the party, everyone is dressed to the nines. I get there with my girls and I see Mona with him, but I'm like, whatever. And as soon as the dance floor opens up, I'm on it with my girls and I'm not looking back. Well, after a bit, I went to get something to drink and I see Brandon sitting alone at a table looking super bored. I go and I sit next to him. I'm like, how's it going? He's like, okay. Mona went to go dance with her friend Jillian, kind of left me here though. And I was like, oh, that's rough. And we got to talking and we talked for what feels like forever. He told me a bunch of stuff about his parents and his grandparents and how he was insecure with his disorder that made his hands twitch and that he was unable to play guitar because of it. Thinking back, I was so melting. That is until Mona showed up. She was so angry and jealous. I could tell by her eyes, but she just said, Brandon, come dance with me. Brandon asked me to come dance too. So I did. Ooh, Alyssa, you sneaky, sneaky girl. You know the trouble you were starting. Mona was dancing all weird and sexy and kind of rubbing her body up to me and trying to get as close to Brandon as possible and push me away. So first of all, let me just say this is giving me big cascada vibes. I'm just picturing, and every time we touch, baguette is feeling. And you guys are just going at it for the affections of Brandon, vying for his eyes. Who will win in the battle between Alyssa and Mona? I continue to find out. I was so uncomfortable. The next time she she tried rubbing up against me, I just pushed her as hard as I could on the floor. Oh my God, Alyssa, yes. I mean, no, no, you don't hit people, no. But yes, I love it. But no, don't do that. But yes, I love it. She fell and she was struggling to get up in the crowd. She grabbed for my hand. I took it and I helped her halfway up and then I dropped her again. Oh my God, you scarred her. Literally, scarred from Lion King. She looked shocked. Like freaking Mufasa, yeah. Like freaking Mufasa and Lion King. I kind of feel bad about it now, but at the time I felt so justified. Speaking of justified, great album. Justified. Timberlake. First solo album. Senorita. Good times. After that, I left Mona to Brandon and I went to hang out with my friends for the rest of the night and just let it be. After the party, Mona never pursued Brandon again. 
and I think she eventually quit the team. But I still had to see her every day at school. Neither of us ever talked about what happened at the party, and I continued to be kind of a pushover. Then I went to college, grew some lady balls, and never looked back. I'm still way happier for it. So it's like it's almost like pushing Mona was it was worth it. Don't worry about it. Don't feel bad about it. She deserved it. I'm I'm here to vindicate you, Alyssa. Mona deserved it. And that is my high school love triangle story, or at least one of them. Hope it was juicy enough for y'all. Love the podcast. Keep up the good work. Friend of the pod, Alyssa Turtle. Friend of the pod indeed. Thank you, Alyssa. A twofer. You not only submitted an, an incredible cover, joy out of the yin-yang, but you also submitted a love triangle story. So this was an all-Alyssa episode. Thank you so much. That was in incredible. I'm so appreciative for your submissions. And you know what it is. Much love to Alyssa. Thank you very much. Uh, before I get out of here, I need to reveal who my next Creek's guest is, of course, obviously. Um, next Creek, I'm incredibly excited. Don't have drum roll, but uh, those are my hands, if you can hear those. Next Creek, I will be joined by one half of Moms and Murder and Criminality, the wonderful and entertaining and hilarious. Melissa will be joining me for episode seven, Detention. This episode, boy, 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 oh 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 boy, 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 detention. Oh, what an episode. Me and Melissa were absolutely flabbergasted by so many things that happened left and right. Abby Morgan is introduced in this episode. I can't wait for you guys to hear my thoughts on Abby Morgan. I stand. Let me just leave it at that. I don't want to go much further into it, but Abby Morgan, I stand. Uh, can't wait for you guys to hear next Creek's episode. Hope you enjoyed this mini. So again, if you have any covers, questions, love triangle stories, you just want to chat. You have something you want to tell me about some nineties fashion that you think would look good on me. Uh, you want to talk about how much you used to love watching home improvement. I don't know. The email address is Creek talk 98 at gmail.com. Feel free to submit whatever it is that you would like to talk about. You want me to talk about, you have some questions you want to answer. I've, I made a mistake and you want me to correct it during the mini. you want to play, uh, you know, the fiddle, if you can fiddle, I don't want to wait. Oh, my God. You might win a Grammy for that. But either way, you can send all those things to creektalk98 at gmail.com, and I would love to receive them and, and read them on the podcast, uh, play them on the podcast, whatever it may be. Um, this has been another Down by the Creek Minnesota. I'm going to take us out to some more of Alyssa Turtle's Paula Cole cover of I Don't Want to Wait. See you guys next Creek. Oh, so you looked at me from across the room. You're, you're wearing your anguish again. <laughs> Believe me, I know the feeling. It sucks you into the jaws of anger. I was messed up that part. Oh, so breathe a little more deeply, my love. All we have is this very moment. I'm totally making this up. I can never sing this part. And I don't want to do what his father and his father and his father did. I want to be here now. Open up your morning light and say a little prayer for I. You know that if we are to stay alive and see the peace in every eye. I don't want to wait for our lives to be over. I want to know right now what will it be.
Do do do.